Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. The Biden administration had a goal of getting 70% of Americans vaccinated by the 4th of July, and that didn't happen. The president now says that going forward, the new national strategy will be getting coronavirus vaccines out to the people. Local leaders and doctors talk about what that looks like in our backyard. The president talked about going door to door giving out COVID vaccines. And while right now the White House says they haven't gotten any requests for help for federal COVID response teams in Indiana or in Michigan, the city of South Bend is planning on doing just that using their own resources. Gone are the day of mass vaccine clinics. The demand isn't there to keep them open. Local health officials are turning to the city to help break down which areas have lower vaccination rates or have big gaps in racial disparities. This zip code, 46613, that's a big priority area here in the city of South Bend. South Bend's chief innovation officer says they track race data and see black and Hispanic rates behind those of white residents. Uh, that's something that uh, we're monitoring very carefully because that disparity is, is concerning. Using their data to target certain streets, they're planning on having teams go door to door later this summer. They'll talk about vaccines and be ready to give them and also be ready to help with other resources like utility assistance or internet for e-learning. Very low vaccination rate. President Biden pointed to primary care offices as the next big front to help fight COVID, offering shots at back-to-school physicals or annual checkups. Have you had patients who, you know, are maybe just coming in for a physical or, you know, coming in for something else that you've then been able to talk to about the COVID vaccine and even potentially give them one? I personally have, and I know many of our offices have. That's really the best way that we think that we're going to be able to capture a lot of people who otherwise weren't thinking about getting it. St. Joseph Health Systems has vaccines available at all of their locations. They're making a regular part of their routine to ask about COVID vaccines. Having somebody you trust, having somebody that knows you, knows your medical history, knows your personal history, knows your family. Um, you know, you're, you're more apt to ask the questions you might not ask a pharmacist you don't know. WSBT 22, Selena Guevara reporting. Later this year, Indiana lawmakers will begin the process of redrawing the state's congressional districts. With that in mind, a grassroots advocacy group is pushing to make the process less political. The redrawing of district lines was delayed this year because of the pandemic. But when the new census data comes out in August, it'll be time for lawmakers to come up with new maps. But they're getting pressure from outside groups that are advocating for an independent commission to do the drawing instead. It's not a Republican or Democrat thing. There's not just one party that's guilty of partisan gerrymandering. Well, gerrymandering is nothing new. A study from a professor at George Washington University shows it's become increasingly partisan. The study found that when lawmakers drew the latest maps back in 2011, they favored Republicans so much that they were an outlier compared to other states around the country. 
you have a state house like ours where there is no balance, there's there's one party control, you're going to get one party redistricting. And in the end, those maps benefit the party in control. Julia Vaughn is the executive director for Common Cause Indiana, which advocates for redistricting reform with operations in other states as well. Her organization is encouraging an independent commission to draw the maps instead of lawmakers and she hopes people will contact their own representatives. We think we'll, this process will put some pressure on them to not gerrymander as significantly as they did 10 years ago. And we think it will make a really strong argument when we come back to the General Assembly next year that they need to pass redistricting reform. State lawmakers have rejected the idea of an independent commission. Vaughn says the people that are really hurt by gerrymandering our voters themselves. Those politicians know that, again, the district lines were benef were drawn to benefit their party. And so they really only have to listen to the party bosses. The voters really don't have much of a say. Vaughn says other states like Michigan have come up with things like ballot measures to circumvent a gerrymandered statehouse. However, Indiana has no such laws. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. Among new state laws taking effect this month in Indiana, there's one updating the policy on marijuana use and driving. The new law changes how people can defend themselves after being involved in a serious crash. WSBT 22's Caroline Torrey has details. Before July 1st, if you used pot and a week later you got in a car crash that wasn't your fault, you could have faced felony charges. Authors of the new law say it better reflects the widely accepted view that several days after consuming marijuana, you're not impaired. One of the authors of Senate Enrolled Act 201 is Indiana State Senator Mike Bohacek. He says marijuana is available in our border states, so there should be protections for Hoosiers who get in a no-fault crash a week after using the products, and they're no longer impaired or showing signs of intoxication. Even if the accident wasn't their fault, and that just seemed to not be proportional, it seemed to be uh, heavy-handed and onerous and not really in the spirit of what we're trying to do to stop intoxicated drivers. Bohacek says THC metabolites can stay active in your system for up to a couple weeks. By state law, after all serious crashes in Indiana, drivers have to submit to a blood draw. If the marijuana in your system is less than a nanogram, you're not considered intoxicated. This will provide a defense that, uh, you know, as long as you are not clearly intoxicated, uh, just on the, solely on the basis of the blood test, they could not, uh, they could not charge you with that crime. St. Joseph County Prosecutor Ken Cotter says what the new law doesn't do is excuse someone who causes a crash with marijuana in their system. You're still guilty of a crime. You're still guilty of causing that death. It is only a defense if you're not at fault for the crash and you show no signs of impairment. And it's only for marijuana. It's not for other drugs and it's not for alcohol. Cotter says you have to make a hundred different decisions to safely operate your car every mile that you drive. But when you're under the influence, that dramatically impacts your ability to respond to the danger. Because when you get behind a wheel, you're kind of driving a missile. We want to make sure that people are attentive, people are able to understand. That's St. Joseph County Prosecutor Ken Cotter. Failure to report. 
That's what three Concord High School teachers are under investigation for after an incident in May. Those teachers were placed on leave shortly after former teacher Andrew Cowles allegedly touched students inappropriately in the boys' bathroom. Elkhart County Prosecutor Vicki Becker emphasizes the importance of reporting child abuse. The investigation began in early May, shortly after former teacher Andrew Cowles was placed on leave. According to court documents, Cowles inappropriately touched multiple students in the boys' bathroom and made inappropriate comments to his class. Class. Investigators also found numerous images of child porn on his cell phone, and last month he was charged with more than a dozen felonies. There is a responsibility for any person that believes that child abuse or neglect has occurred to call the Department of Child Services or your local law enforcement to make a report. Less than a week after Cowles was placed on leave, Concord Schools placed three other teachers on leave as well. Investigators seized all of their phones and searched them. The prosecutor's office told us they sent the devices away for additional testing and got the results back last week. Today, Elkhart County Prosecutor Vicki Becker revealed the investigation was an around an alleged failure to report abuse. It's a heightened sense of responsibility when it comes to teachers. And there is absolutely no excuse if a teacher has a reason to believe that a child is suffering um, or has been exposed to child abuse or neglect, there's a mandated reporting that has to occur. In an interview with us this morning, Becker wouldn't discuss the details of the case or any possible charges that could come out of it, but she said her office does training with all staff in schools to make sure they understand their reporting responsibilities. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. More than 60 buildings in South Bend have been deemed unsafe. 18 are on the list to be demolished this year. A look at the process code enforcement follows to get that to happen. Officials say they investigate each one of those complaints. They do have their hands full, though, evaluating crumbling buildings like this one. Code enforcement says it's a process that takes time, but one South Bend resident says the length of that process poses a danger. It's something that should not have happened. It is something that should not have happened. Frustrating. That's how Thomas Tykes describes the process of reporting issues with a building on Indiana Avenue in South Bend. You know, I called the code enforcement and had them check on it, tell what's going on over here. And we called the police numerous times on incidents that had happened in the building. And it was like, we got no response. The building was on code enforcement's list to be demolished, possibly this year. But it was taken down by nature nearly two weeks ago when heavy rain caused it to partially collapse. Now, it's an empty lot. The community's just tired of it. Marlena Johns with Code Enforcement says they investigate every complaint, but sometimes action is limited as they're only allowed on public property. That was, again, a property where from the streets, which is where we can look from, it didn't appear to be in that bad of condition where it wouldn't be completely unsalvageable. Code Enforcement uses a scale to rate buildings. Six means no repairs are needed, while a one means demolition is likely the next step. It's then when we have a demolition bid opening, we can go and we can look at which ones were scored the worst, and then pinpoint which ones we want to focus on for that particular year. Tyke says he understands code enforcement is doing the best they can, but stresses that more needs to be done. Downtown looks great, but you know what? So did the rest of our city. We got to take care of it as a community, and it starts starts at the top. Another South Bend site that has drawn criticism is the old Drury's Brewery building on Elwood Avenue. Officials tell me that several agencies are working together to figure out the next steps for that site. WSBT 22's Delaney Clark reporting. 
The scene was not pretty at South Bend's Pottawatomie Park Tuesday morning as parties from the 4th of July left behind trash. Frequent park goers were none too happy to see all the debris. The 4th of July, food, fun, fireworks, and cleaning up after yourselves. Unfortunately, those celebrating at Pottawatomie Park missed that last aspect, as clearly evidenced by this photo snapped at the park from the day after. Unfortunately, this isn't anything new. After major holiday events, big weekends, uh, we tend to see our parks get a lot of use, and we're excited about that, right? Unfortunately, not everybody respects the rules of the road. There's people that just don't uh, feel like cleaning up after themselves or, or don't respect the kind of the rules of the park. Crews moved swiftly to clean up the mess made by those on the 4th. Perry says that to those who made the mess, cleaning may not be at the top of your priority list but it needs to be. Everybody's having fun and a good time, and you may not be thinking about uh, the people that have to come up and clean up all of this after you. This is our team, and, and they work really hard. Um, we, we would rather be out beautifying the parks and doing things to move them forward. Instead, we've got to take time out of our busy schedule, redirect resources to do major cleanup efforts. As for those who saw the mess who frequent Pottawatomie Park, suffice to say that they were less than pleased with what they saw. Disappointing to see. Personal responsibility is a, a big thing that I like to see in people and being able to take care of our own messes and our own problems and being able, willing to step up and not ask others for help and be able to do it on your own. Now the park cleanup crew was able to clean up almost all the debris that was left behind, but I'm sure that that was just another group that was unhappy with the situation. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. The Cass County Sheriff's Office in Michigan says it has seen an increase in buoys on local lakes trying to block off areas of water in front of homes. But they're warning that's not allowed and that unauthorized buoys may be confiscated. Homeowners on Juneau Lake talked about why they want to have the buoys. For them, it's a safety issue. They don't want people speeding too close to their homes, especially when it's busy or they have young kids out swimming. George Burton has lived on Juneau Lake for eight years and says for the past three, he's had these buoys up 100 feet from the shoreline in front of his home so his family could safely swim. Oh yeah, well somebody's pulling a skier or pulling a, a tube or something, swinging in that close, especially as you saw my, my grandkids are pretty young, you'd be worried and concerned about that. For the most part, they've worked, but this week his neighbor saw someone towing people behind their boat clip the buoy and move it. He's glad they hit property and not people. You see a lot of people that are not on the lake, and I think some of them don't know all the boating rules. So you see a lot of boats get too close to one another. The Cass County Sheriff says they've seen more people putting up buoys on inland lakes without permission from the Department of Natural Resources. And they're asking them to take them down, something that boaters are glad to see. The impact is it makes the lake smaller. Darren Scop runs a bait shop and several fishing tournaments. He thinks people need to be reminded that the lake is public and that buoys don't act as a fence. It becomes a problem with you know, somebody who might want to fish inside of that particular buoy or might want to kayak or might want to take their pontoon, you know, in, in there, that, which is perfectly legal. Burton says the sheriff's request was news to him. He says fishermen are always welcome to look for a catch under his docks and they usually come in slowly. But if he takes his buoys down, he'll be back to worrying about protecting his family from boaters who might not be paying attention. Now, you are allowed to have a permanent buoy if you get a permit for it from the Department of Natural Resources. The homeowners that we talked to said they're going to plan on doing that now. WSBT 22, Selena Guevara reporting.
Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 